All right, fact checkers, it is a brand new year, but we've got the same great coffee sponsor. So if you head over to Fox and Sons Coffee and use the promo code FCT for fact check this, you get 15% off any order of $25 or more. Also, be sure to check out the new blends that Steve's got over there. We've got the Den Blend 2 Electric Boogaloo. This is a medium roast coffee. If the dark roast was a little too robust for you, but the light was not quite getting what you needed, check out the medium roast. It is fantastic. And also, they've got a brand new one. It's the Costa Rica Honey Prep. Now, this is the same great coffee, but with a little bit of a floral aroma. You're going to really want to check this one out. So head over to Fox and Sons Coffee and use the promo code FCT at checkout to get that 15% off any order over $25. Let's get started. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This Podcast. All right, Fact Check This Podcast, and today we're going to talk about colorblind parents. And when I say colorblind parents, I don't mean like me, who literally can't see colors. That's not right. I can see colors. I'm red-green colorblind. Don't ask me what some red thing or some green thing looks like to me because it looks red or green. This is green. Uh, I know it's green because I know it's green. Just like when people ask me, what's a stop sign? What color is a stop sign? We were taught that in elementary school. Stop signs are red. So I know that's red. So I identify that as red. And whenever I see other things that look a similar color to that, I identify them as red. Whether my red is the same as your red, I don't know. But that's not the kind of color blonde we're talking about today anyway. So move on from that conversation. Uh, I'm going to pull this up. This is from Posts for... Everybody who uh, has listened to the show for a while, I do like side posts. They have some good stuff. They it, they, they tend to come of it. Uh, they tend to come at things from a more middle of the road approach, or at least a just taking things based on the actual data type of an approach. Now, this is in the social psychology sector of the uh, of side posts, so it's a little more. Uh, opinion driven, I guess, would be the the best way to put that. Uh, but there are some stats and stuff, so we'll we'll take a look at this article from SciPost. Colorblind parents who exhibit implicit biases tend to have children who are less sympathetic to black victims. Uh, we'll 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 get through it before I start giving my analyses. New research published by the Journal of uh, Family Psychology finds that the more parents ascribe to a colorblind racial ideology, deny blatant racial issues or attitudes, and deny white privilege, the less likely their children are to demonstrate sympathy toward black victims. These findings may provide insight into how educational settings can increase race-based compassion in white children. God, that's so terrible. All of that. As the United States becomes more diverse, the need for a compassionate and understanding population grows. National events in the recent past have put a spotlight on discrimination, racial justice, and anti-racism. I, I don't have any fucking clue what the events of the recent past are that they're talking about other than maybe George Floyd, but and how they keep making that about racism uh, i i do remember kyle rittenhouse was a 
horrific racist. He shot three white people, but never mind that. He was definitely a racist. That's why he was there, because of racism. Uh, anyway, these issues need to be introduced early in life to develop a society that engages in social justice and is anti-racist and anti-discriminatory. I'm going to just stop it right the fuck there, and we're going to pump the brakes, and I'll come back to this crock of shit. I need to find the article and the, the research that's actually been done on this. Introducing this stuff to children at a very young age and encouraging this social justice warrior type of behavior at a very young age has actually proven to create a higher levels of stress, anxiety, and depression for these kids. Let kids be fucking kids. They don't need to worry about all this dumb bullshit. They don't need to be thinking about social justice and developing anti-racist ideas and what the fuck ever. They need to be kids. I, I, I should have. I need to find the study on that so that I can actually like cite it. Um, but it it has been proven that introducing this stuff to kids at a very young age does damage to their psyche. It does not good for them. They don't need to be. It's they don't need to be exposed to all of this crazy bullshit because it is crazy bullshit. It just adds unnecessary stress to their lives. And ki like kids don't need stress. Kids should have good, enjoyable, fun, stress-free lives for the most part. And th that's your job as a parent. Your job as a parent is not to raise fucking social justice warriors. Your job as a parent is to raise well-adjusted children. So anyway, research has found that children develop racial attitudes and biases by preschool. Now, see, I was also told many, 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 many times that children don't have racial attitudes and biases, that, that that's all ingrained in them by their parents. Blah, 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 blah. And what you're talking about in this particular situation is parents who take a colorblind approach. Isn't that the way we're supposed to look at the world? We're all supposed to be equal and we're all supposed to be the same? Yes? Maybe? I don't know. It's all so fucking confusing. Sorry, I, I told my wife and my mother that I was going to make an effort to say fuck less, and I am failing miserably in this episode. Well, so we'll try that on the next one. Uh, see how that goes. <laughs> the authors of the current study recognize that science knows very little about how this process occurs so early in life, especially in white families. So thank you for admitting that you actually have no fucking clue. Damn it, I said I was going to stop. Anyway. My colleagues and I have been studying children's empathy and related responses, such as the sympathy and pro-social behavior, for decades, said uh, study author Tracy L. Spinrad, a professor at Arizona State University. There's your problem. ASU, she is definitely getting down with the party school and not actually putting a whole lot of time into the research. So indeed, we felt that we had a pretty good handle on understanding the development of children's sympathy and the role of parenting on children's empathy and sympathy. However, few researchers were examining children's sympathy towards various recipients. Thus, we aimed to understand children's differential sympathy towards different targets, specifically based on race. See, if racism doesn't present itself naturally in the world, then you need to go look for it and find things that you can attribute to it. It's the way science works. 
if you aren't aware. This study is important because we studied all the ways that white parents' attitudes about race predicted young children, kindergarten through second grade, experience of sympathy toward other race peers. We'll talk about the sympathy thing as we go. In order to explore the possible impact of parents' attitudes on a child's compassion for a minority victim, 190 children, along with a primary caregiver, caregiving parent, were recruited for the study. Most primary care parents were mothers, 177, with only 12 fathers participating. It's one off. I wonder what the other one is. Non-binary? Non Who knows? Uh, parents, completes, parents completed a computer assessment to measure their racial attitudes, a demographic information survey, and a measure of colorblind racial ideology, CBRI for short. The study defines CBRI as the explicit attitudinal minimalization of racism and racial discrimination. This ideology supports the belief that race is not a relevant characteristic affecting individuals' lives and that everyone, regardless of race, has equal opportunities. You know what? I'm going to pause here. We're going to take a short break, and I'm going to go do a uh, survey on CBRI, and we'll come back and we'll see how I did. Don't forget to head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check out our longest and most favorite sponsor, Carlos Vanessa Abelar and Paloma Verde CBD. Get all of your CBD needs, and you get 10% off your order of $75 or more, plus anything over $75 is free shipping. So head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com to get all your CBD needs. All right, so let's pick it back up with, the, I, I couldn't find a survey, but I did find something that explains the survey. Like, I couldn't find one that I can take, but I found the explanation of it. So the, uh, the colorblind racial attitude scales, which is the COBRAs, is uh, the survey that they're talking about here. It is a 20-item measure of the cognitive aspects of colorblind racial attitude, which is defined as the belief that race should not and does not matter. The scale includes aspects related to unawareness of racial privilege, institutional discrimination, and blatant racial issues. So we're going to look at the, and it, uh, based on the ratings that they've given it on here, like it, it rates pretty well as far as the test goes, at least for, <laughs> this is from a, uh, a foundation that focuses exclusively on gender equality. So, you know, we'll see how that Let's see what they got to say. So these are the 20 items that it, that it bases it off of. White people in the U.S. have certain advantages because of the color of their skin. That's I'd say that's a push. Uh, race is very important in determining who is successful and who is not. Again, I would say that's a push. Race plays an important role in who gets sent to prison. I, I don't know that it plays a role in who gets sent to prison so much as it plays a role in people who are perpetuating the crimes, which is one of those things you're not allowed to talk about. But like statistically, more people of a certain demographic are going to get sent to prison when the people of that demographic are also the ones who are carrying out the majority of the crimes being committed. So, like, that's just basic stats and how that numbers work. 
Uh, race plays a major role in the type of social services, such as type of health care or daycare that people receive in the U.S. It should not. And if it does, that is literally a crime and you should take them to jail for it. Racial and ethnic minorities do not have the same opportunities as white people in the U.S. This is accurate. They don't. They have more, honestly. Uh, we're seeing that with the with college. Uh, there's actually been an active push for college admissions to admit fewer white and Asian students in order to add to diversity. So, yeah, yeah. you're right. They don't have the same uh, opportunities there. They're they're currently getting more in a manufactured way. Everyone who works hard, no matter what race they are, has an equal chance to become rich. I would say yes. White people are more to blame for racial discrimination than racial and ethnic minorities. I think it's about equal across the board. And in some cases, certain minorities are more discriminatory than others. Social policies such as affirmative action discriminate unfairly against white people. Yes, that's the whole point of affirmative action. Uh, white people in the U.S. are discriminated against by the color of their skin. In some situations, yes. English should be the only official language in the U.S. I don't give a single solitary shit. Uh, due to racial discrimination, programs such as affirmative action are necessary to help create equality. No, they should not be. Racial and ethnic minorities in the U.S. have certain advantages because of the color of their skin. In some situations, yes. It is important that people begin to think of themselves as American and not African-American, Mexican-American, or Italian-American. Again, I do not give a shit. Immigrants should try to fit into the culture and values of the U.S. Yes. Yes. If you... Are coming, then you need to. Uh, what's the in when in Rome? Uh, racial problems in the U.S. are rare, isolated situations. So rare and so isolated, in fact, that they go out of their way to manufacture more of these situations just so that you know how much of a problem they are, because they are so little of a problem. Talking about racial issues causes unnecessary tension. I don't know any reason why it should be talked about. Except in, you know, for an, an analysis type of purposes, kind of like going through this article and looking at this sort of stuff. And don't we don't talk about racism in just day-to-day -day conversation because it's not an actual thing. Uh, racism is a major problem in the U.S. No, not nearly as major a problem as they would like to like for you to believe that it is. And not nearly as major a problem as what it's being promoted as because of the manufactured racism that doesn't actually exist outside of creation of it. It is important for public schools to teach about the history and contributions of racial and ethnic minorities. I, I don't know. I don't care. What are, like, what are we teaching here? It is important for political leaders to talk about racism to help work through and solve society's problems. No, because it's not a problem. 
Racism may have been a problem in the past. It is not an important problem today. I don't, I neither disagree nor agree with that. I, I think it's, I think it's a thing that exists, but I don't know what the, like, it's definitely not a Jim Crow era type of a problem. But even then, so I think government interference is the much bigger problem. Like if you look at, at Jim Crow era and some of the things that were going on at that time, pre or the, the pre-civil rights era, uh, and what was happening, there were actually very successful burgeoning black communities. Um, there were places all over the country that were incredibly successful and black wealth and strong independent black communities were real and were thriving and then you got the civil rights movement and you got all of that and got the push towards uh, inclusivity and forced integration of cities and different places of schools, uh, affirmative action and all of that stuff. They, there was also the creation of a severe welfare state and reliance on the federal government, specifically amongst black communities that absolutely wrecked things that were going in the right direction pre-civil rights movement but nobody wants to talk about that like segregation is not always a bad thing and when when communities are self-segregating themselves in a manner that they are uh they have commonality and they are thriving and they are building within themselves I'm not saying that integration is a bad thing. It's when it happens naturally, that's when it's a good thing. But the forced integration that they've taken on pre-civil rights movement, that has absolutely wrecked places. Like that's it's it's clearly an abject failure. Just you can look all over the place in these like big cities and even suburban areas where they've forced this. It doesn't work. It has to be natural. It has to. It has to be something that is a. Uh, there's a an, a level of consent to it that like people have to be on board with it for it to work. And it's the same with segregation. If you are self segregating and forming your own like tight knit community, and developing independence from the rest of what's going on in the world, then it's going to be a good thing. Uh, if it's a forced type of a segregation that where you're like deliberately cutting communities off from the things that they need, then yeah, that's probably going to be a bad thing. And you see both happen on both sides of that. I mean, anytime it's like the, the common thread across both of those, the integration and the segregation is when it's forced, it's coercive, it's not naturally occurring, that's when there's a problem. I swear I'm going to get through this article eventually.
Children in the study were taken to another room and completed assessments measuring their attitudes and social-emotional competence. Additionally, they were asked to watch a series of four videos that depicted either a white or black person experiencing bully and teasing. In all cases, the bully was white. After watching each scenario, the child was asked how sorry they felt for the victim. They rated their sympathy on a zero to three scale. Zero being no sympathy and three being a whole lot. <clears throat> See, this is this is another problem with the way they do these testing is it's either a zero or a one. Uh, like something that has been found. Stop sharing this again. Something that's been found and and it happens on uh, like Amazon and stuff like that, like places where you, you rate something. It's the reason why uh, Netflix and some of the other like streaming services went away from like the the star rating on stuff and now you just either give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down uh, because whenever people are left to decide something on a scale zero to four zero to three in this case um it's subjective and so what i say is you know zero sympathy i have none whatsoever uh or I have very little sympathy, might be a whole lot of sympathy for somebody else, might be considered no sympathy at all to somebody else. I, you know, it's it's very subjective. It's very emotion and uh, personality driven. That's why you see like, like on Amazon, I think they say the average user review of products as a whole on on Amazon is like 4.2 because nobody wants to give a bad rating to anything and it's all very subjective. So uh, like, like for somebody like me, if it's not just the absolute perfect, exactly what I wanted, then it's going to be somewhere below a five. If it's exactly what I wanted, it's everything meets perfect spec. I could not have asked for anything better. Packaging, delivery. Yes. Great. Then it's going to get a five. But anything less than that, then it'll get a four. Like I'm very stingy with the five. Same with the a uh, a, a one or a zero. Like I'm going to be very stingy with that. Like it has to be abjectly horrible. So anytime you have things graded on a scale, it creates that subjective nature to it, and it's hard to get a good assessment of stuff like that. So like when they did this, the, they're going to do a, a study on this, especially with children. You have to either be, do you feel sympathetic towards this person or not? It can't be a, on a scale because then you, you're already skewing your results by putting it on a, on a subjective scale. The researchers found that parents who scored high on measures of CBRI and measures of implicit bias were more likely to have children who were less sympathetic towards black victims. However, for parents who scored high on the CBRI measure but did not demonstrate high levels of implicit bias, their children were more likely to demonstrate equal sympathy for both white and black victims. In addition, parents who denied the idea of white privilege and their children were more likely to be less sympathetic to black victims. I have a question about this, and they don't actually list the study anywhere. 
What were these children's sympathy levels towards the white victims? Like, did they also have a low level of sympathy for them too? Because it doesn't exactly, it's not really clear about that. Like, it doesn't say that they had a, that they had less sympathy for the black victims than they had for the white victims. Just said they had less sympathy for black victims. I don't know. Wording is uh, also. What are the demographics like? Where are these? Where do these kids grow up? What kind of schools do they go to? Why is it a white bully in every single situation? What if it was a black bully in every situation? How would they feel towards the white victims and the black victims? And that like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there are a lot of data points that should be included in a study like this. That, get left out and deliberately so it's to to skew the results and get a specific answer that they're looking for to write an article like this our findings indicate that parents attitudes about races such as the notion that racism and discrimination is not a big issue in today's society predicts children's feelings of concern towards black peers particularly when parents hold implicit value or attitudes of white favoritism Spinard told SciPost. These results suggest that in order to promote equity in children's emotional responses involving injustice towards other children, white parents need to address their own attitudes about race. If white parents can begin to understand their own white privilege, fuck you, and power, and explore ways to reduce their own implicit bias, young children are likely to show more concern towards other children who are different from themselves. Double fuck you. The research team recognized a few limitations in their study. Good. Good. First, we studied parents' attitudes about race, and we don't really know much about the socialization behaviors that are responsible for our findings, such as ways that parents discuss race or avoid the topic with their children, Spinard explained. Second, we don't know the role of parents' attitudes about race across development. That is, how do white parents adopt their socialization about children or about race as children develop? Despite these limitations, the research team feels their work provides some insight into the impact parental attitudes may have on their young children. They conclude the present study suggests that parents' CBRI likely is a factor to children's sympathy towards black peers. But the role of parent CBRI varies in the levels of parent implicit racial attitudes. The findings from present studies could inform educators, interventionists, and researchers to consider multiple indicators in developing programs to address white parents' own racist attitudes. This is all manufactured. did the episode back in December, I believe it was, going through PolitiFacts, lack of facts, and the uh, Dennis Prager article where he goes through all of the, like, dozens upon dozens of instances of racism on college campuses that turned out to be perpetrated by the person who was claiming that the racism was being carried out against them. There were literally... Dozens of 
reports of hate crimes and racism, and not a single one of them was legit. You see it on social media all the time. People will say the most random, dumb shit on Twitter that somebody was being racist towards them for this, that, or the other. And then the person will actually bring her seats and post the actual conversation that was had. And like the whole, it's it's not a problem unless you want it to be a problem. And if that's the only problem that you're looking for, then you can find a way to twist everything into being racist or sexist or misogynistic or transphobic or what the fuck ever. If that's if that is what your lens is focused in on, then that's what you're going to see. And that's another study that's been done that I, I should have pulled up was that when you are specifically looking for that type of thing, you were it was it was they were so people were given like a story and asked what they got out of the story what they saw like what stood out to them. and then other people would be given the same story and asked do you see the racism where where this person was being a racist or like something like that and and the people who were just tasked with looking at this thing on its face wouldn't see these things they, they wouldn't come up but the people who were asked to specifically look for it that's what they would find like almost every time so when you go looking for it, that's what you're going to find, right? That, that your brain wires itself in that direction. And that's what these studies and these research bullshit does, is they focus in on looking for something that doesn't exist so that they can find it, so they can justify why it's a problem and why we need to be doing all of this crazy shit about it to fix the problem that doesn't exist to begin with. That's modern science. That is government in a nutshell. Go find a problem that doesn't exist. Create a solution to the problem, which then creates a new problem. And now we have to fix that problem that we just made when we were trying to fix the problem that didn't exist to begin with. And then you can continue in perpetuity because you're going to fix this problem. But in fixing this problem, you create a new problem. So now we get to do all of these things to fix that problem. And the can kicks itself down the road and everybody gets rich except for the people who are actually paying taxes into the system and we get poor. That's the way it works. This is all bullshit. Fuck it. Oh, sorry for the uh, the doom repeal there at the end. This has been uh, quite enlightening. Uh, I do highly recommend side posts, not particularly this article, but they do have other stuff that is pretty good. Um, so like I said, this one is from the social psychology section, and it's pretty much hot garbage. Um, sociology and social psychology are, oh, fuck. Uh, but there is some really good stuff on like mental health and cognitive science, and it's two of the other tabs on SciPost. And some of that stuff is really good, uh, especially on the mental health side. It's interesting, interesting reads, and they do have some like legitimate research that's been done like this is so th this testing is so so many holes in it uh it's like 
as somebody like me who's you know not not a scientist as i was told so many times throughout covid that i'm, that I'm not a scientist like if somebody like me who's not a scientist can look at this and, and and point out all the different ways that this test is very clearly biased and very clearly not set up to produce legitimate responses and legitimate results it's designed to set, it's designed to give them the answers that they're wanting to get and surely somebody else can see that but i mean this is this is modern medicine this is what passes for science it's the whole uh it's the whole narrative of the evidence-based medicine that we talked about back at the end of december like, this is the way this shit works it's a fucking joke uh, learn learn some uh critical thinking and analytics skills and that'll take you a lot further than reading some dumb fucking start uh study or survey that'll be it for the day be sure to tune back in next time i'm uh, not sure what i'm doing we'll figure it out it'll be fun either way have a good one everybody be sure to tune in on the daily stuff later we've got a brand new sponsor for 2023 and i am really excited to partner with agorist acres now agoristacres.com you can find over 100 varieties of seeds they've got vegetables flowers all kinds of stuff they've got heritage brands everything that you want to start any kind of garden that you need. It's free shipping on any order of $20 or more. They've got cool packaging, and most of the seeds come in a fancy glass vial, no paper envelopes. They accept U.S. dollars and crypto and can easily take either at checkout. Now, be sure to head over to agoristacres.com, and anything that you get, use the promo code FCT at checkout for 10% off your order. I say all the time, that you need to be starting your own garden, you need to be growing your own food, you need to be getting off the grid and becoming less dependent on grocery stores and stuff like that. Agorist Acres is a great first start. They've got everything you need for whatever kind of garden you want. Great people, great product, highly recommend. So go check them out. Mm -hmm.